Hi there. I'm Veronica Wilhelm, an organizational development consultant and executive coach in Seattle, Washington. And I'm here to tell you how to have the best day ever at work. So today we're on part three of four of the parts of structure that we're talking about. So far we've gone over goals and how they set everything up for us, everything from our mission and our vision and how those things break down to departments, teams, individuals. We've also talked about roles, who we need to get things done, an overview of how to write a job description and how to hold someone accountable. So now the third part of this is processes. Processes are how we actually do the work like how we actually get things done. And I like to ask a couple questions, a few questions, a couple few questions about processes, which is, are they up to date? Meaning, are they using modern technology? Do they serve the people using them? And are they known and documented and accessible to everyone? So are they up to date? Do they serve the people using them? Are they known and documented and accessible? Process can also include norms around things like responding to emails, texts, phone calls. So it's not just like how we actually do the job. It's also the way that we want to be interacting with each other and the things that seem kind of baked into normal work life. Now, process improvement is a whole area of organizational development, which is where lean methodologies that we talked about in episode two tend to live. Lean is way more than process improvement, but most folks talk about lean as a way of talking about process improvement. Now, process improvement is a whole area of organizational development. Like there are people who get special certifications and just, just focus on that. That's where lean methodologies that we talked about in episode two tend to live. Now, lean actually is way more than process improvement, but most folks talk about lean as a way of talking about process improvement. Right now, if you were to outline all the processes you use in a day, what would they include? Could you explain them all to someone else easily? And do they align with the goals of the organization and support your roles? I have so many examples of processes I did just because that is how it was always done and no one had bothered to update things. I'm thinking about my time working for a large theater company and the way that they stored contracts. Like we just put them all in a filing cabinet here and we don't ever do anything else with them. Like that's just how they did it. There's also things around communications with customers or clients. Like, is this just how it's always been done? Is this what we think of as an industry standard or is it something that's actually helping us? Meeting times and lengths, like, well, we always have this meeting for an hour at 1 p.m. And is 1 p.m. actually the best time? Is an hour actually the best time? There's been a lot of work in the last few years to examine, you know, what are meetings that could have been emails the whole time? Or what if we try on, I love this one where people instead of scheduling hour-long meetings, they schedule 50-minute meetings. So you're automatically shortening the time that you have your meetings at. Those are examples of processes that can continue on without any real examination. I worked in theater before I worked as a consultant, and it's a literally millennia-old industry. There are probably ways of crafting prop lists that date back to the ancient Greeks, like they loved Excel, those Greeks. (laughs) So I'm very familiar with what it's like to be working in an organization or in an industry where things have always been done this way and we've never really examined any closer why we do the things that we do or how we could be doing them better. If we do an audit of what we're doing every day, 
Are there processes we can improve upon or eliminate entirely? Reviewing processes is one of the cornerstones of being a learning organization, and this is exactly what it sounds like. It's an organization that takes things that go sideways. Instead of looking for a place for blame, they use the opportunity to learn and improve upon how they do things. So they are constantly learning from what they're doing and making improvements to be better. The reason why process improvement is a great place to practice being a learning environment is because we have so much room for improvement with processes. They are never static because the world around us and the needs we have are never static. So let's take the simple act of sending an email. We send lots of emails every day. How quickly are we expected to respond to email? Is email used for narratives or for short information? Is it the way you're having conversations within your workplace or is there a better, shorter, more responsive tool that you can be using? The reason why email is such a universally understood pain in the patoot is because of how it's a process that seems technologically current, but in reality, the norms of email are still largely set in the 90s when most of us were getting access to it for the first time. Rarely do people examine where email fits in their larger processes at work, and so it remains the same, a touchstone of break time complaints about how many come in and how hard it is to respond to them and why you can't find the one that you used to have and all this on and on and on. If you go back to the goals of the organization and then the roles within that, what are the processes we actually need to achieve those goals with the people we have? And if you can't identify and explain them easily, it's time for some clarity. And this is not just because I love to upend whole systems of work, but because it is hugely important for this whole work-life balance thing that we could easily and quickly hand off our jobs to someone else. I had a job out of college as a production assistant for a large theater. Everyone who is running a show gets something called a run sheet. This is a list, sometimes a whole ass packet of all the things that have to happen for a show to run smoothly on the stage. So it's when scenery comes on and off, when people en enter and exit, it's prop handoffs, it's quick changes. All of these can be noted on a stage manager's comprehensive run sheet. For me, I would get a run sheet that had the information about props and set pieces that would come on and off stage. My name would be next to the things I was responsible for. My stage managers told me to take notes all over it. So if someone had to take over for me last minute, they would know everything from the cue or the signal that I would use to move that prop piece to where I would place my hands on the prop. I never needed to hand off my run sheet, but I did have to fill in for someone last minute and her notes like receive prop in left hand, hand off prop in right hand made it so nothing went wrong and everyone could do the show safely. And this is not an altogether extreme example. Imagine tonight after work, you get a call that someone you love is gravely ill and needs help now. You get off on a plane and shoot off an email to your supervisor. And if you've adequately documented your processes, then someone can take over and you can be with your loved one. Or if you have a coworker who gets hit by a bus slash moves to Mexico and you have to take over for them temporarily while they hire a replacement, having their information documented will make a tough transition a little bit smoother. And all of this can be helped if you've done a bigger examination of the processes that are used and what needs to stay and what can go. And by bigger examination, I don't mean we need to take like the entire organization on this ride, although that is helpful. But for you, just yourself, you can look at how do I do my work every day? How do I do things every day? And also, frankly, this works really well just beyond your workplace too. Like, are you looking at how you are doing processes in your own home? Are you looking at how you're getting household chores done, how you're communicating with your partner or other people around you? Process examination is like so helpful to just make everything kind of run smoother. 
So if you're going to do an examination, this is also a great opportunity to make sure the process fits the people. If you're an organization committed to diversity, equity, and inclusion, processes are often crafted with a homogenous person in mind, someone who is usually male, white, able-bodied, and neurotypical. But if you've got a worker who isn't that, like most of them, making sure they have processes that meet their needs is really important. I have a client who received an autism diagnosis and noticed that the possibility of being interrupted was something that caused them a lot of stress and made it hard to do their work well. Making sure this person had a couple of uninterrupted hours of work time where anything they were needed for could be addressed by someone else was huge to ensuring that person could stay and do their work, which they did very well and actually really liked, except for this one part. The last little thing I'll say about process is about obsolescence. When I work with government agencies, one thing I hear a lot is about how far behind the systems are that they used to do their work. They haven't been meaningfully updated since the early aughts or earlier, so a lot of what they do is bogged down because the people who come to the jobs have learned a more advanced way of doing things and then have to come to an abrupt halt when they encounter these outdated systems. You don't always have to be on the bleeding edge of technology, as one of my clients used to say, but you do need to make sure that whatever you're using is actually keeping up with the skills of the workers around you. We want people to be improving and learning. That's part of what keeps someone engaged in their job. So if you are still using processes that require the skills and tools of a decade or more ago, you're hamstringing yourself and anyone else who works for and with you. Hamstringing, you've hamstrung, hamstring, hamstringing. We're going to say hamstringing. We're going to say hamstring. How about that? You're hamstering yourself and anyone who works for you. Basically, you have people who are like the Bronco ready to bust out of the gate and you're making them contain that energy to that of a loris, a slow loris. Excellent metaphors continue. I know I have so many of them. <laughs> so yeah, process is huge. Are they relevant to the organization and you? Are they up to date? Are they inclusive of the people who use them? Next week, we'll wrap up our overview of structure with resources. I'm so excited to talk resources with you. So glad you could join me today. Share this episode with someone who you think needs to hear it. Follow me on Instagram at Veronica and sign up for my newsletter at wilhelmconsulting.com. Rate, review, and subscribe to this here podcast. I look forward to being with you again soon.